remain standing, turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians, heading up towards Hebrews. Find the book of Galatians, and we'll start there this morning. Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Our folks, if you see someone without a Bible, I need somebody. Thank you. And get get in the middle there and share your Bible. Oh, never mind. We have someone on both ends. Good girls. Thank you very much. Uh, Share your Bible with someone. You're going to want to see this. There is a um, philosophy, uh, a false belief that I want to uh, dismiss and attack uh, this morning to clear up something that I think you need to know about. So uh, I will talk about that this morning. I'll let you know what that is in a moment. Galatians chapter number 5, look at verse number 13. I will read out loud. You read silently along with me, but we'll read this together. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Go to 1 Peter. This would be after Hebrews, James, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 16. 1 Peter chapter number 2. Find the book of Hebrews heading toward Revelation. Right after that you'll see James and then you'll see 1 Peter chapter 2. Drop down to verse number 16. As free and not using your liberty... For a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, go back to Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6, once you've located that chapter, look at verse number 13, we'll begin reading there. Neither yield ye your members, this is talking about your body, your body, eyes, ears, feet, hands, those kinds of things, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye, watch this very carefully, to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. Our text verse would be verse number 18. Then being made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. Our other text verse will be verse 22 of that chapter. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Father, help us to understand. 
what is right in this matter and why. Help us not to approach these types of things with how I feel, the way I look at it. This is what I believe. You gave us a book, your book. It's called the Holy Bible, God's Eternal Word. So when we read this, help us to understand what you are talking to us about and then may we be honest enough and yielded enough to give ourselves to the truth. Help me to help your people. Watch over us this morning. Lord, thank you for the Anchor Baptist Church. Watch over those that are sick and not being with us. Those that are watching live stream. Father, I hope that this is a blessing to them also. Thank you for allowing us to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. talk to you about this subject, set free to serve. Sounds like an oxymoron. I didn't call you a moron. Oxymoron basically is a contradiction, uh, seemingly a contradiction of terms. Uh, Set free to serve. Either set free or am I serving? Yes, I am set free to serve. But it sounds like an oxymoron. That's what that word means, a contradiction. How can I be set free and yet I'm supposed to be serving? That doesn't sound right. Sounds like something's wrong, but it's not. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13, the Bible says in verse number 13, one of our text verses, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 13. But all things that, uh, this is not right. I'm sorry, I'm in Ephesians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. But for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. We were saved. We were set free. We were set free. We were bound in chains. Whether you understand this or not, this is what God declares. We were bound in chains. If you would, grave clothes, just waiting to die. Uh, We were existing with no real life, and we were clothed, and we were servants and slaves to sin. You want to know why people keep doing what they do like they can't help themselves? Because you're a slave to your flesh and sin before you got saved, before you got saved, before you got saved. If you are saved, that's no longer necessary. That is no longer a have to. I do not have to serve sin anymore. But Christ, watch, when we willingly gave our lives to him so that he could save us, he liberated us. Christ liberated us from a life of sin, set us free from a life of guilt and sin so so we can voluntarily serve him. So I've been set free to serve. Do you follow me? I wasn't set free to do what I want. I was not set free to come and go as I please. I was not set free, so now I don't owe anybody and I'll do pretty much what I think is right and wrong. This is a philosophy and a bad doctrine that's floating around in churches today, that I have been set free, set at liberty to do what I want, the way I want. That's not biblical, and I want to show you that now. You are set free from slavery. So you could voluntarily be a servant to the one who set you free. This is what I just said. You were set free from slavery to sin in this world. You ever notice when everybody goes like it, I just want to do my own thing, and yet they look like everybody else in the world. Just stop and look at it. We do the same thing others do, and at the same time we claim that we are individuals and do what we want. 
The reason you do that is because you are a slave to the master of this world, to your own flesh, to do sinful things because God declared that's what happens to us. So instead of fussing with that, let's just think along with God for a moment and say, God said that? Yes, God said that. So what happens is we find out we were set free from slavery so we could voluntarily be a servant to the one who set us free from slavery. That make sense? Okay, whether you understand that or not, it's true. I'd like for someone, I, I've heard this until I just want to gag. I'd like for someone to show me, explain to me, where it even indicates that now that I am saved, I don't have to serve anybody. I don't have to do anything I don't think is right. I don't have to go along with anything that I don't want to go along with. I've been set free to do what I want. Whether, quote, Principle, story, please show me in the Bible where that's even hinted at at all. Yet you hear people among Christians talk this way constantly all the time anymore. It's like the thing people used to go, God is love, God is love. Like that's the only Bible there is. And that's what they say all the time. Well, that part is true, but that's not all God is. The same thing with now that I'm saved, I can do what I want. I've been set at liberty. Well, yeah, I just read this right here that God set us at liberty. Why did God set us at liberty? Why did I need to be set free and, and have liberty? You say, whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. Yes, and you're right. Free from the bonds of law and sin. So I no longer have to sin like the world wants me to. I don't have to. I have a choice. I can voluntarily serve the Lord I don't, no, 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 don't do, I think I am. Quit thinking and what does God say? All right, God gave us a book for a reason. So I don't have to wonder if I am or make up stuff. All I got to do is go to the Bible and find out for sure. So there was a time when I, just like you, was engaged in slavery to this world. Basically coming and going, more or less, I was doing what the world thinks is right and wrong and doing what I wanted to do. Well, this is what I want to do and I think it's okay. That's part of slavery. You're actually involved in things you really are not in control of for the most part. We hear and see this philosophy among the charismatics. We hear and see it among the evangelicals and to, to, I hate to say this, but among many Baptists anymore. You're hearing it more and more and more. I was set free so I can do what I want. We hear it all the time. The Bible says and their argument is whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. That's Bible. You're right. By the way, that's not all there is in the Bible. I'm a child of the king. I've been set free. People make these kinds of statements as to give the right to do less for God and be more involved in worldly things. Why else would you make that kind of statement? I've been set free to do what I want. The person who set you free and drew you to himself wants you now, now that I'm free and don't have to do that, we still do sometimes. We don't have to. Now I can serve my new master who set me free from the things that were destroying me. Those things were destroying my... No, then why are you in church? Why are you searching for an answer? If it's so great out there and everything's going, what, what are you doing here? So we find out Jesus drew us to himself. And then when we willingly gave our lives to him, he set us free. I no longer have to do that stuff. I need to turn to the one who set me free and now serve him. People make these kinds of statements. 
So they're doing exactly what 1 Peter chapter 2 talks about. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, all the way up past Hebrews. Remember, we were there a minute ago, past James. Hebrews, I'm sorry, Hebrews. 1 Peter chapter number 2. We hear this all the time. The reason I'm bringing this up because uh, someone has said one time, if you repeat a lie long enough, people will believe it as being truth. Evolution. We've heard that so much, we actually argue the point on things that can't even be proven. We've heard it so long, we just took it as being fact. We don't even fuss with it anymore. When actually it is a theory at best. Now watch what happens here. First Peter chapter number 2, verse number 16. They're doing exactly what this verse says they will do. Watch this. As free, okay, I'm free in Christ, I'm saved, and not using your liberty as a cloak. You know what a cloak is? Everybody know what a cloak is? In the old days, they used to wear a cloak. They'd put on their clothes, and it was like we would wear a coat. They would wear a cloak. It would come around them. It would tie here, and it was long. And it would keep them warm, keep them protected. It would cover them up from the elements, and, and like, like a coat would for you or me. So he says here, as free, you're free. But listen, he said, not using your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness, but as, ready, servants of God. Amen. So I'm set free. Hold on, now don't be using that as an excuse to do what you want and Amen. injure others and come and go as you please, but now use that freedom to serve God. Amen. Listen to me. So what happens here? In both Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and also 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16 that we just read, it tells us that we have liberty. I, I wouldn't tell you anything else. I am free in Christ. I am free in Christ. This is not a burden to me. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. This is not a drudgery to me. This is something that has set me free. Why in the world would we look at something and someone that set us free and gave us liberty as being something I have to do? I just don't like doing this anymore. I don't understand all that. Why can't I do what I want to do? I think your biggest problem is you've never really been set free. So what we have here is this. We were set free. Then it proceeds to tell us in these two verses here, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, and Galatians 5, 13, it, said that we may, it teaches that we may volunteer now to serve God. I don't have to obey this. I now have the freedom to serve the one who set me free. Why would you not want to do that? I'll bring up some arguments here in a moment. When the evangelicals and the charismatics and what I call now the new Baptists, when they talk of liberty in Christ and being set free, they associate freedom and liberty as being free from all rules and laws as though that is what ties us down and stops us from serving the Lord. We want to do what we want to do. Liberty to do as one pleases, when one pleases, is not the interpretation of liberty. That's what's happening in America right now. We think liberty means I can say what I want, do what I want, act the way I want, come and go as I please. I don't have to listen to anybody. Look what's happening to America. It's being ripped apart while we have this great freedom. Freedom is not the choice to do what you, what you like to do. It is to do what you ought to do. And when you do what you ought to do, America is the greatest country in the world with all types of opportunity for everybody. So what happens here is this. Liberty is simply set free from serving the wrong master. 
so that I can serve the right master. By the way, Jesus is called the master. He is called the shepherd, the overseer. Turn to Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. May I, may I instruct you and warn you, when you hear, um, especially among religious people, using certain phrases, uh, um, starting certain uh, uh, habits, and you see more and more churches starting to do that, can I just instruct you on something? When you see most of the world heading in this direction, you'll be right most of the time by going in that direction. Amen. Because all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when the whole world gravitates towards something, there's no way it could be right. Well, everybody's trying it. Romans chapter, everyone is a slave or a servant to someone. You say, I, don't, I do what I want to do. So you're a slave to you. You become your God. You tell you what to do, what you're not going to do, as though you're in charge of everything. So you are serving someone, even if it's yourself. Watch what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members, it's your body, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God. This is a choice. He's telling you what to do, but it's a choice. Yielding is a choice. Yielding is not a making. Now, hold on. He's God Almighty, but he's not going to make you. The world will fit you into a mold and push you in a direction, but God will not do that. When you got saved, nobody made you get saved. Nobody made you accept Jesus Christ. Nobody makes you come to this church. Nobody makes you live a certain way. This is a choice. But in today's society among church people, I'll leave it at that, what they're saying is, I've been set free to do what I want. I can come and go as I please. I see nothing wrong with that. I think that's all right. So now everything is about what I think. What happened to the person that set you free? So what do we have here? Chapter 6, verse 13. Yield, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, your choice, as those that are alive from the dead. Your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. You ready? What then? Here's a question. So that being a statement, what are we going to do? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. But that sounds as though that's what people are doing today. It sounds as though I can do what I want. Okay, you, you think the Bible says, I don't, so I'll do what I want. As though we could just brush it under the carpet and go on about our direction. Well, I don't look at it that way. I'd love for people to come up when I preach certain things. Go, I don't look at it that way. Okay, come on up here and tell me what you think. I'd love to ask people, where in the Bible does it say that, that you just said, is okay or not okay? And I will show you Bible why I believe this or I don't believe that. Now watch what he says here. Verse number 16. Know you not, ready? Now, Paul's talking to Christians, and he said, look, don't you understand, do you not know, know you not that to whom ye yield, 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 your choice, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. So if I obey things of the world, my choice, but I'm serving that. I'm serving the God of this world, which is the devil. Or I can choose to serve the Lord. My choice, I have to yield. Yield, give in. 
Let him have his way. Give in to that master. When I do that, he says this. He said, obey from the heart that form of doctrine, verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. You were. If you're saved, you were. But watch what he says. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you. He's talking about salvation. You're delivered from the bondage of sin and what the world makes you do because Christ set you free. You were dead unto sin. Your spirit was dead to God. And God brought all that back together and delivered you. And I don't understand Christians anymore. Don't think and they owe God anything. I don't think I have to go to church. And I don't think I have to give. And I don't think I have to witness. And I don't think I have to read all those rules and laws. And I'm just, it's just tying me all up. I guess America's laws and rules are just tying people up, aren't they? No, it's destroying us because we're breaking all of them. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Next verse, verse 18. Being then made free from sin. That doesn't mean you can't. God said it cannot, it doesn't have to rule over you anymore. Ye became, the, well, there it is, servants, servants. Because of that, you become servants. You weren't set free to just be free. You were set free to serve set free to serve of righteousness. So what are we talking about here? Verse number 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now. Okay, you used to do that. Remember that? Remember when you talked the way you want to and you cussed people out? God, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. No, that was just you. That's what you do. You run around, you steal from people because you say you have a right. That's sinful. But that's just what we do. That's what the world does. So we come to find out, and we were dead to God. We were dead to God. We didn't listen to God. We didn't pay attention to God. I'm not talking about going to church. There are people who go to buildings all the time and call it living for God. But watch what he says here. I speak, verse number 19, I speak after the manner of men. For as you yield your members servants of uncleanness, to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now. Remember when you did that? Okay, so now that you're saved, yield your members, talk about your body, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Boy, that sounds righteousness, holiness. That doesn't just sound like I'm going to do what I want to do. That sounds like something God wants me to get here, you know. For when ye were the servants of sin, this is God's word telling you now and putting labels. You were servants to sin. Ready? Ye were free from righteousness. You didn't serve righteousness. You were free from that. That, that didn't even apply to you. That's what he just said. Now, wait a minute. Verse 21. What fruit had you then in those things which now you are ashamed? I will tell you right now. My past life produced no good fruit whatsoever. I served sin, I complained and argued and fought my way through life and it brought me nothing. By the time it was all done, I had no fruit to show for what was going on in my life. That's what the Bible is talking about. Do you remember Do you remember the things you used to do and now how ashamed you are? What fruit, what fruit did it produce in your life? Nothing. Divorce, kids going bad, jumping from job to job, uh, cussing, uh, smoking, drinking, fighting, doing all these kinds of things. There's, there's no fruit in that. That's shameful. That's shameful. 
He said, you remember that? Okay, great. Go on down here. Uh, what fruit, verse 21, what fruit had you then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. That's, you were just heading towards death. There was no life in that stuff. It wasn't producing anything that helped. It's just going along. Verse 22. But now, but now, you see that? Being made free from sin, ye became, go ahead, read it, servants to God. He set you free to serve him. He did not set you free to do what you want, when you want, the way you want, and write your own Bible. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. God gave us his book. He's not going to come down and talk to you. He gave us his word and said, this is my book. Read my, if God were here, this is what he'd be telling us. But today we seem to head towards the world claiming we're allowed to because we have freedom. I'm, I'm sorry, every time I read this, I find out I have liberty and freedom so I can serve. I do not read in here at all in other places where I am set at liberty and now I don't have to mind anybody. I can come and go as I please. I don't like that, so I don't have to. I don't see it that way, so I don't have to. No, no, no. I've been set free from the things that were delivering me to death and ruining my life and produced no good fruit at all so I can turn to God and serve him. I become the servant of righteousness. What are we doing here now? Go down to verse number 22. But now, being made free from sin, you became servants of God. Ye, ye have your fruit. See, now we have fruit unto holiness. We don't have fruit that made us ashamed. We now have fruit unto holiness. And the end, everlasting life. See, speaking to Christians here, anyone who yields to sin, once they've been set free to serve God, you become a servant to this world again. You don't lose your salvation. He said, to whom ye yielded your members, to him you are the whether of sin or holiness under righteousness. Your choice, your choice. You ever seen a miserable Christian? Yeah, they're everywhere. What happens is they're trying to live in the world and still try to act holy and be holy. You cannot be in a pig pen and claim I'm clean. You cannot go left and say I'm going right. It does not work that way. You cannot say I've been delivered and I think I'm serving the Lord and be more worldly all the time. It can't, folks, it doesn't even make sense to a worldly-minded person. It just does not make sense. Just because sin no longer has dominion over a child of God does not mean he can't yield that way. Look at verse 14 and 15, that same chapter. For sin shall not have dominion over it. It does not have to. If you have Christ, you do not have to sin the way you used to and the way the world says okay. It does not have to have dominion over you. It does not have to have dominion. Make you do what the rest of the world believes is right. Watch what he says, though. Verse number uh, what am I looking at? 14. There you go. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law? You mean because the Lord set us free and doesn't say you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, or you're done. I can do what I want? 
look, you're no longer under the law, which said you have to, you have to. At this time, you better do that. If you don't do that, it's sin. Now you're in jeopardy. But see, we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. Okay, let me get this right. Because I'm under grace and God's not going to strike me down every time I step out of line, should I just go ahead and sin because I'm under grace? Oh, God forbid. God forbid. That's what he said, God forbid. Why would you even think that way? Why would you even want to do that? After God set you free. Jesus saved us and set us free so we could freely serve him. Being made free from sin. Now I can choose it. Go down to verse number 17. But God be thanked. For what? That ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which you got saved. You gave God your, you obeyed that doctrine that said whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. He's talking about your dead life. He's talking about your past sins. He's talking about that which never produced any good fruit. God saved you from a life of death. Set you free. Oh good. Now I can come and go as I please and do what I want. Please show me where you're getting that. What's happening is you're listening way too much to too much religious TV and radio and you're not reading your own Bible. Watch what he says. Being then made free from sin, verse 18, you became servants of, so I'm freed from the law of sin to become a servant to righteousness. I stopped doing all of this that was wrong and sinful and dark and didn't bring God any glory and didn't help anybody to now I can do righteousness. That's why I was set free. Thank God. Bond slavery in Christ is the only way to be free from compulsory slavery to Satan. We, we don't like people telling us what to do. The world, the flesh, and the devil telling you what to do all the time. It pushes you around. It gets you into fixes. You go, what in the world am I doing? God will not do that. He will lead you. He will tell you. He will instruct you. He loves you. He sets you free. Why would he destroy you? So watch what happens here. Let me repeat this. Bond slavery in Christ is the only way to be free from compulsory service to the devil. It's either Christ or that's what you're going to do. That's just the way things are. It is freedom from that which would require us to serve to freedom to voluntarily serve. How often do we say around here, I don't have to, I get to? Oh, you have to go to church. No, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. This is not compulsory. I have to do this or it's over with. No, no, it's a choice. I yield to this. I yield to what my father wants because he's the one that gave me life. He's the one that set me free. I don't understand why Christian, look, I understand sin. I understand people getting into sin. I, I got all that part. But why would you willingly turn your back on the person who set you free to make such an idiotic statement that I don't have to mind you. I can do what I want. Rebellious child, where is that in the Bible? Why would you want to do that to begin with? I'll tell you why. Because you're still following crowds instead of following what God is instructing you to do. This microphone is plugged into that floor right there. This microphone right here is attached to that. This microphone has no power or ability of its own. If that becomes unplugged, 
There is no power. Period. You listen to me? But it's not doing, if I unplug this, uh -uh, will this just pull out? Huh? Okay. Give me that. I'm free. Woo! I'm no longer attached to that. I can go where I want to, when I want to. Anybody know the problem with this? There's no power. It was designed to work with that, to have power. You were not designed to live how you want, the way you want. There is, there is no power in that at all. Any more than this microphone can be used the way it wants, when it wants. How, no, it was designed to work in connection with that power system. And you were designed to work in connection with this power system. And when you're not, by saying things, I don't think I have to, I don't look at it that way. What you're just saying, won't you just unplug yourself and say, I don't have to do that. You have no power in that. Look how these people who claim that, look how they're affecting the world. They're not. You got a building for a worldly people doesn't mean it's a church. God said you were set free from sin now to live to righteousness and holiness. This is the attitude of so many people. It's my life, I'll do what I want. And they have very little influence on people because there's no power in it. They say, I've been set free. It's my life, I'll do as I please. But that's not true. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 20, you were bought with a price. Therefore, because of that, the Bible teaches that you are to glorify God. Ready? In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You can't do what you want. You don't belong to you. Once you said, Jesus, forgive me, save me. I want to become a child of yours. I want to serve you. God said, okay, then I'll take care of that. Then all of a sudden, we become an Indian giver. Yeah, well, I didn't know what I was saying at the time, so I'm going to take that back. No, you gave your word. God who cannot lie, when he gives his word on something, he will not change it no matter what. And he expects us to be the same way. So all of a sudden, you oh, God, save me. I'll do anything, please. I just need you so bad. And God keeps his word and says, you call on me, I'll save you. Amen. And he did that. You get right up from there and decide, I'm not coming back to church on Sunday night. I don't have to give to that church. I don't have to do that. How come this has to happen? Why do I have to follow through with that? What in the world do you think you're doing? Why do you suppose you were saved and left here on this earth? So you could do what you wanted to do the way you wanted to do it? Your body and your spirit belong to God. And you'd serve more joyously and understand your freedom more when you become the servant of the one who sets you free. Serving Jesus is a drudgery. Seems to be compulsory. Seems to be bondage. Because you thought you were saved, I got a little relief and now I can do what I want. And here's a preacher yelling and screaming at you. And I don't, I don't get it. Why, why does he do that? Why do we have to do it? Why do we have to do that? You got saved and thought to yourself or heard somebody say, well, you're set free to do what you want. You're set free to serve the way you choose. I want somebody to come up here right now and show me. Don't tell me what somebody taught. Show me in the Bible. I have a Bible. You have a Bible, right? 
How could you even fuss with that if you have no proof to say you don't have to? Serving Jesus is not a drudgery. The absence of all law is not freedom. See, you can fuss with America and, and, and what's going on and the laws they have. Really? Then why do you tell your children no? What kind of a parent are you to tell your kids they have to and they don't have? What kind of parent are you? Laws and rules. I mean, just make them rebel. No, you want to see them rebel, take away all the laws and just tell them do what you think's best. Many do not like fundamental churches because they say there's, there, there's no freedom there. There's, just, there's too many rules. I mean, preacher, I heard the other day you even had to follow certain rules just to work in the nursery. Yes. And as much as you say you love your infants, aren't you glad we have rules for our nursery? Freedom in a church is not whatever the, whatever the Spirit leads we allow. That is confusion. Confusion is not of God. There is decent, let everything be done decent and in order. That's what the Bible teaches in Corinthians. Freedom in a church is not dress how you want, act how you want, eat what you want, do as you want, as long as you feel it's what God would have you to feel. Feel that God says it's okay. God gave you his word. Freedom is within the bounds of God's laws, not living outside them, nor having none at all. You've seen this illustration. Everybody has lived somewhere where this happens. Back where we used to live, not where we live right now, there was a, one of our neighbors had a five-pound fluffy barker that lived next door. It was five pounds of bark, not tree bark. Okay, got it? Okay, follow me? Follow me, okay. And uh, then our old neighbors, however, that lived right next to them had two full-breed German shepherds. As soon as this little five-pound fluffy bark was let out, it headed straight towards that fence and would run up and down and yap and scream and jump on the fence. And these two German shepherds over there foaming at the mouth, hoping somehow the dog could get out. Now I have a question for you. That little dog would yell and scream and yip and run back and forth as if to say, who is stopping my liberty? Who put this fence up so I can't do what I want to do? That little dog has freedom because of the fence. That little dog has life because of the fence. That little dog has liberty because of the fence. If for some reason that fence ever came down and that dog finally said, finally, you're done. You keep thinking if you can do what you want, you'll be able to run free and experience what. Do you understand all that's in the world, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride is not of the Father. That the devil is the God of this world. You understand? It's not God. God's not doing this. Quit blaming God for what's going on out here. We have yielded to do what we think's right and what the world thinks is right. And this is what we get in return. We're like the little dog. Why are they tying me down? Why can't I get out from this fence? You think I'm worried about what's going on out there? You'll die. You'll die. 
if that defenseless dog did what he thinks he wants, he'd be destroyed. Some don't like the rules and convictions. They just want freedom once in a while. Take off every other weekend from church. I made a statement not long ago. Somebody said something in return, a good, a good statement in return. I said most people would hate to live in a world where there are no churches. But many people live as though there are churches. No? So you'll be back tonight, right? You'll be here on Thursday? What if your church was gone? I know what you do. Why can't you let this happen? Why weren't you here half the time? Who do you think pays the bills around here? We do. When we decide not to do that, we will lose our church. What's wrong with pants or shorts once in a while? You know, it's always amazed me. And since I'm just cleaning house, let's just go here. Why is it fundamental Baptist women can't wait to leave a church like this? And the very first thing that seems to make the most matter to them, they want to put on their skin. But, oh, I'm going to get Honestly, you think putting on skin-tight pants make you look thinner? Seriously? You thought that was helping? Why is that so important? Why is it that every man that's clean-shaven, as soon as they get out, think they need to grow a beard? Is that the sign of manhood? Two whiskers? Hey, you're going to talk to me like that, and you're standing there doing this, you know? Why does my whole life have to revolve around church and everything that's going on there? That's a good question. I have a better question. Why not? Why not? What's wrong with this? People who believe these things, I used to preach, I feel bound, chained, captured. I, I, I just want to get away. You become dissatisfied with what God wants and what a church is doing because you keep looking through the fence thinking you as a five-pound fluffy bark can take on that world. You can't. Nobody ever has. And you will not be the first one. You kids keep dreaming what's on the other side of there, which God says is not good for you. The Bible teaches me godliness with contentment is great gain. Why did that little dog go like this? You guys can't get to me. I'm inside this fence. But that's not what he does. Boy, if I was over there, if somebody would remove this fence, you'd be dead. Christ is the Savior, not the enslaver. Quit acting like he is putting you in a position of slavery that you really don't want to go along. What a terrible billboard. What a terrible advertisement many Christians are for the cause of Christ. A, well, we can't. We're not allowed. Well, we'd like to, but mom said no. Well, I don't know why, but the preacher said we could. What in God's dear name is wrong with you? You were set free to serve. Set free to serve. Ladies and gentlemen, God did not free me for me. He did not free me for me. He needed to save me from me and the world. I was ruining everything. God freed me for him. The evangelical crowd and the charismatics and the new Baptists say, you can't judge me. I've been set free. 
And then they turn right around and judge us. First of all, everybody judges, so don't even bring that up. And those that are spiritual can judge all things. But they didn't tell you that part of the Bible, did they? Because you're not talking about that. Having no fence takes away freedom. It puts you in danger, puts you in fear, robs you of joy, robs you of your security, robs you of your confidence, robs you of your peace and your contentment. You know, actually, it sounds like what you were before you got saved. There's a lot of Christians fearful of what's going on. Look, folks, no matter what goes on in the world, I will die. What is the big hairy deal about that? We're willing to walk out on Christ, lie to people, change what we've always believed because we may have to die. Science is not going to keep you awake forever. They're not going to put you on ice and 40 million years long down the road, they'll unplug everything, you'll come unthawed and you'll still be young and beautiful. Well, you'll be young, but whatever. Now, if Christ set you free, why do you desire to go back to the beggarly elements of the world? What did the world do for you? If it was that great. Why'd you give your life to Jesus and start coming to church? To whom ye yield your members, to him you are the servants of. What a shame for a saved, set free child of God to willingly wrap himself up in things that one time God set him free from. Churches are dying because Christians don't want to live for God anymore. We want to go to church enough so people go, oh, you go to church? Oh, that's great. Other than that, we don't care. And for those of you that are really trying to live all out for God like you've been told, don't you dare let people back you down. Oh, you go to that church. Yes, I do. Oh, you're the pastor there. Yes, I am. I heard your church is. That's not true. Yeah, but don't people have it? Yes, they do. Why do we, well, you know, well, I didn't say I went along with it. I just, what are you doing? Why don't you just apologize for your mom? Yeah. Well, yeah, she's not perfect, you know. Here, turn around here. Hey, this way. Well, she's not perfect. And, yeah, I know, and I don't go agree with everything. Why don't you just say that? That's what we say about God, but we say about our church. Preacher, why do we have to go that far? You mean there are rules even working in the nursery? You know our young people don't have much they can do already. You know, this church is heading for a major problem. Here's the major problem. Because I've seen this happen two or three times in my tenure here at the church. When children are little, like most of them around here are right now, like 10 and down, this church cannot be strict enough for their protection. But all of a sudden, they become a teenager or a young man, and they come home whining every time they turn around. Mom, I mean, what's wrong with her? You look like the little dog on the other side of the fence. I mean, why, why can't we? I don't see. And the preacher just keeps, and Brother Pledger, he yelled at me on the bus the other day just because I was hugging a girl. Okay, we're not allowed to, but why? 
So you turn around and question me and our standards and what we believe. Instead of looking at your child and going, okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. You just do what you're told. One day you'll get your opportunity. Today's not that time. You see, you won't do that. Somebody has told you if you want to keep your teenagers, give them what they want. If you love them no matter what, they'll obey the Lord. Brother, where are they? Where, where are the kids? It's not working. You were lied to. Quit trying to put pressure on us to pull down the fence. I've gone through way too much for almost 35 years to give in to a family that doesn't like what we're doing. So if you think that's going to have influence with me, if anything else, it makes me straighten up even more. I have prayed too much. I've stood all these years where I believe God wanted us to be just because you don't want to live right. Brother, sister, let me help you out. You don't want to live right? Find out what not living right is like. Just go, go ahead. But don't you stay in here and try to change this place. What kind of preacher are you? you? You're finding out. Just because you want to do what you want to do, just because your juniors and your teenagers are gazing at one another and, 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 and trying to hopefully get through this fence somehow, we got to find a way. So they put pressure on you. You turn around and try to put pressure on me. We're getting ready to go into a brand new year. This is an independent, fundamental Baptist church. This is not a community church. This isn't a Lutheran church. This will never be an evangelical church or a charismatic church. This is an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church. I am a man of God that God called me to preach, and I'm going to preach whether you like it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you agree with it or not. Somebody has to be right, and if you're not right, then you're wrong. You say, preach, I think you're wrong. I'm open to it. Show me. I'll change. I'll change. If you think it's okay for men to run around here, kiss on one another, look, we're not for homosexuals or queers. Just get over it. You say, you hate me. I didn't say that. It's an abomination in the Bible. Why do you sidestep that? Because the world has told you it's okay now. I'm sorry. God hadn't changed. Children rebelling against the parents. Oh, now you're for that. Yeah, now, yeah, preacher, tell them about that. <laughs> Most children rebel against their parents because their parents aren't doing what's right. right. Sorry. You may cave in. I'm not allowed to. We were saved to serve. We were not saved to come and go as we please. We were not saved to show the whole world what a drudgery it is anymore to serve God with all those rules and regulations. You want to get closer to the world. That's why you argue that point. Why else would a person argue about why do we have to live this way? Because you want to go and live closer to them. There is not another reason for it. Preacher, we're for the standards and the rules and what goes on here. What can we do to help? What, 
can we do to fortify and strengthen and make sure that things stay the way that God has taught us and, and the way it needs to be? I'm glad you asked that question. Number one, pray for all the leadership here. Pray for all the leadership here. This is spiritual warfare. It plays on the mind. Whoever controls the mind controls the person. That's why even you need to stay in your Bible because the attack from Google, friends, family, radio, TV starts attacking the mind. And when that happens, actually what it's doing is feeding the flesh. And according to Romans, the flesh, the law of the flesh is sin, which tries to capture the mind and bring it into subjection of the flesh. devil cannot make you. The Lord will not. Whoever you yield to. So pray for the staff and the deacons and, the, and our teachers. Number two, openly let them know you're for them. One of the, one of the best things you can do, Jeff, please don't come up here this morning if you like the message this morning. Is simply say, preacher, that was really good. That, that, that meant a lot to me. That's all I need. That's like saying, sick them to a dog. I'm good to go. I, I can stand and do that. I go home, I tell my wife, I'm just dying to find out what she thinks. So I'll walk to the kitchen. <clears throat> so, uh, what did you think of the service this morning? Actually, I was asking her about me. You know what she says? Oh, honey, you always do fine. What do you want to do? <laughs> all of this effort, all of this work, and that's what I get in return. Ty, help me out, will you? That's not right. Yeah, thank you very much. Even Ty knows that. You said, preacher, how can, how can we do that? How can we let them know? Notes, letters, right conversation. We're not just here to take whatever you can handle and dump on us. We don't mind doing that. We'll help all that we can. But you know, every once in a while, just to say something positive would be good. Do your best to do what they ask you to do. Number three, quit listening to your son or daughter cry about all the work. You ask my wife or anybody that's been around a long time, the biggest problem in any given church is a woman. That was my wife that said, yeah. Most men I don't have a problem with. I don't care how big they are, how tough they are. Somehow they kind of like me. And most women want their husband to be more like they should be, but we don't want you going all out for Jesus. Because now... So in other words, what you want, you don't want a guy on a bar stool, but you want somebody on the altar either. You want a guy where you go, hill boy, and he minds you. Yeah, I'm not that guy. Number four, amen or wave hankies during the preaching. You used to do that all the time, you ladies. You used to go like this all the time. Now, they used to do that in black churches. So how do you know? I used to preach in them. They do that all the time. It's like people, when they get up ready to leave, I don't know why they do that, but they go like this. They knew black people probably hadn't been in black churches, but that's what they used to do. It's like, excuse me, and that's what they did. I, I don't know what that means. God, I'm, I'm leaving right now. I, I don't know what it meant, but that's what they used to do. People used to wave their hanky. That's why women used to carry hankies. It wasn't just to blow. It was to show. And they used to wave their hanky as if to say, you're right, preacher. You're right. And real men, amen. Real men, amen. Boy, 
boys don't because they don't know. Real men, amen. You say, I'm not used to it. Get used to it. You see, when people come in, they hear me preaching this way. One of the things they do is look around like, do they go along with this? And when they see somebody over there going like this, they'll zero in on you right out there in the parking lot. I happen to notice, do you really agree with what's going on? You can avoid all that by just going, amen, amen. That's right, preacher, you tell them. Amen, that's wonderful. Ladies, wave your hanky. Yeah, that's right, preacher. Don't do this. You would never know if my wife agreed or disagreed. She just does this. That's like me saying, I understand. I don't really know if she's for it or against it, but she just, yeah, okay, we're good. Let everyone know openly where you stand. Remind yourself constantly where you and your family were just a few years ago. I remember. I remember almost all of you when I first met you. By the way, I don't hold that against you. I don't even bring it up except to know the great change that has taken place in you. I will accept you from the time you walk through that door. You say, what about my past? I will accept you from the time you walk through that door. What you prove, how you obey, what you go along with from that moment on is the way that I will treat you. I don't prejudge people. People think I do, but I don't. You think because I preach the word of God and it's absolute that I'm prejudging. No, God already did that. I don't have to do that. Remind yourself. Do you remember where you were when you first came here? Do you remember? Seriously, think back. Do you remember that? I don't care if it was a couple weeks ago or 30 years ago. Do you remember? It can't be more than that because that's kind of like yourself too. Think back. You come in here thinking, I don't know what's going on. Man, I don't know what to do. You walk down that big long hallway, you thought you were going to a death sentence, you know, like, man, which door does what? But now look at you. Your family's doing much better. Your marriage is doing much better. Your kids, man, it's the world. You got all this going on. Do you know something? Did you forget that? By serving righteousness, by turning your back, you were able to because God made you able to, turning this way and taking these steps. God said that. I don't understand that, preacher, but that's the way it is. I'll do my best. And God said, good for you. That's all I need to know. Are you for that? God wants to help you in your life. Remind yourself constantly. Number six, don't compare your church to what other churches have started or stopped. I got a friend and they go to this church and they do, you know how much influence that has on me? None. But it does on you. Well, I went to visit them for their Christmas play. Oh my, you should have seen what they do down there. This isn't that church. You notice out front it says Anchor Baptist Church. We're not High Street. We're not Fellowship. We're not Bible Baptist. Folks, listen to me. God put us here and wants to use us here. God has for almost 35 years done some miraculous things in people's lives and in this area. Why in the world would I want to change that? Number seven, be afraid of a little leaven. You know what that is? Most people don't because we don't have people who bake and cook around here. It all comes in a box. Wait till I tell you. Leaven is what they used to put in bread and dough and stuff like that to make it rise. It was called leaven. And 
you didn't need to. If you have a lump this big, you don't need to put in that much leaven. You put a little leaven, and it seems to filter through the whole lump. Okay? So he said, beware of a little leaven. In the Bible, leaven was compared to sin. So he said, you need to be careful about allowing a little because it doesn't want to stop. It wants to just keep moving and take in that and them and that person and that teacher and this principle and that doctrine. And before you know it, it has filled the whole thing. And we're not the Anchor Baptist Church, but in name anymore. And then finally, number eight. Think of those of you that have been saved for any length of time. Think of other Baptist churches that used to be like this. Other Baptist churches that were very similar to this. Now I call them the New Baptists. Kind of like the New King James Bible. What a joke. Some men that I have known for 40 some years died this way. C.W. Fisk, many of you know him. When I first met him, he was at First Baptist Church Camp. He went from there to Mansfield, I believe, and then he went from there because of some problems and all because of that. He went to be with Jim Vineyard out west, and then he ended up down with a great man, good man, soul winner, love for the Lord, would help anybody do anything. He died here. So somebody that influenced my life, they're no longer here to influence my life. It's going to happen to you one of these days. And then also um, Clarence Sexton, who built a church, a school, and thousands of people not only be saved but how to build their life for Christ. It's not here anymore, it's dead. Anybody here from that? Every time something like that happens, do you understand most of the time the only thing that holds us in place are other things that will not move. Children do not understand what a gift their mom and dad are. But they make me do this. Okay, if they weren't there to stop you, what would you do? But when they're no longer here, we tend to move closer to the world and wrong things. Churches do the same thing. When I die, like Jim Vineyard did, I get ready to bail out of here and go home with him. When the old man dies, almost always the church changes hands. Pay attention to me, girls. If you're already thinking about, why can't we do this? And I know Baptist Church does that. When I'm no longer here to be in your way, you'll change. Who's listening? And you'll get what you want, but you may not like what you get. Thank God for the freedom we have in this church. If what I just got through preaching this morning was preached in most churches, they'd tar and feather me and run me out of the country. You know why? Because they're not going to put up with it. They don't have to. What I preach and teach through here about marriage, children, so on and so forth, most churches would not even allow me to come. Do you understand the freedom that God has given us here at the Anchor Baptist Church? But it needs to be protected. You must fight for freedom. In America, people in authority right now grew up in the 60s and 70s, a bunch of hippies, now finally in authority. That's what's running your country right now. 
Why can't we just all get along and, and, and make things? What we Why do we need to police them? Why do we need government? Well, I don't know. Look at Seattle. Look at Chicago. See, you're not thinking. God gave us a book. Ladies and gentlemen, God gave us a book. So when the world is doing this all the time, God's just doing this. Every time it goes by, it's meant to take you off. Just keep walking with God. The world will change every couple of years. No, this is absolutely right, and this is the way schools need to be run. Two years later, they change everything. You know what? They don't have an answer. I have the answer. But it's going to be hard to live, but it is right. Look, folks, living right is not always easy. It's just life. Get over the what's easy thing. We are free and have what we have in this church and what we have accomplished because we serve him who set us free. You were set free.